Welcome to Scandinavian Mind Weekly, our show about the current trends and events within business, tech, fashion, design, culture and more from the Nordic perspective of our team of editors and contributors. Today on the program we take a look at the new AI tools that generates images from text. How does that work? We'll talk about that. Also fashion tech startup BioRestore restores and revives garments to a new state. And of course, we report from the transformation conference that took place in Helsinki during the week. I am Conrad Olsen, Editor-in-Chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind. And I'm here with my dear colleague, Erik Sedin. Erik, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to hear about Helsinki. I need, I need well, my own little, uh, little report. <laughs> exactly. We haven't been able to talk, actually, since I got back two days ago. And we have, we have a bit of a Helsinki special coming up online, right? There's, a, there's yeah. a guide coming out today as well. Exactly. Helsinki takeover this whole week, basically. I know That's you wonderful. guys been talking about uh, Infinited Fiber Company and Spinova and stuff. We've posted some news on the site, too. So full on uh, Helsinki fashion tech takeover. It's coming full on. So um, the our f- uh, fashion tech special from issue three is rolling out online. And today we have a wonderful guide to our favorite city, Helsinki. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm looking forward to reading it, even though I just spent three days in the city. So um, I can uh, just say, like me writing and editing these guides, I get so I've talked about it on here before. I get so I get an itch. I need to go to these places, but. I, I'm going to dare to say this is probably the best guide uh, we've ever done. Because let's, give some, girl... yeah, let's give some highlights from, from the guide. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it's, first of all, it was written by Annika Tammi, uh, who's a store manager at uh, Altex, iconic flagship store in the mm. heart of Helsinki. So basically what she did, usually when people, <laughs> they, we ask for these guides, they give us one answer. Oh, your favorite breakfast place or your favorite go place for a walk. She gave us like three or four. <laughs> Pair question. So, all like right. me sourcing all these images and going through all these places took like almost two hours <laughs> yesterday because it was so many and so great. And you know, she's uh, giving tips on amazing uh, up and coming fashion designers in Helsinki. And I can't say too much. You have to, as soon as you finish listening to this, go to scanaminmind.com and just indulge in amazing Helsinki. Yeah, and I think it, it, it really, it, we're coming up on the golden months here of visiting the Nordics as well. And, and Helsinki, yeah. I, was, I was actually. I, I want to go back with my family now. I've been in Helsinki a few times now for work, obviously preparing for the conference and everything. And there's mm-hmm. always been, uh, uh, you know, uh, great restaurants, uh, you know, just visiting the Savoy legendary restaurant. We had dinner there Monday evening, uh, had drinks on the terrace in the, in the sunset. I mean, it, it's just beautiful from the sunset. You can actually overlook the 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 water, the 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 inlet that, that goes into Helsinki, uh, the big uh, esplanade. Uh, park there in the middle it's just beautiful so i mean i mean this is happening to, to all the uh, nordic cities right now they're coming up in full bloom but yeah i want to go back you, i want to read this guy did you pop by the moomin land is that in helsinki even <laughs> i don't think I've that's in helsinki it. and it's definitely <laughs> not on the itinerary for helsinki <laughs> fashion days so maybe that's something i'll go back with my daughter to, to visit i heard a lot of good stuff about it Let's jump into our first uh, bigger story here. You have been looking into these awesome new technology. You just showed me some images which just blew my mind, uh, but you know more about this. There, there's, there are new AI tools uh, coming out. Uh, there's some interesting 
uh, reports on this online, new videos you can see. It, it's basically a tool that lets you generate images, artworks, just mm. from text. So yeah. uh, should we just try to explain what this is to begin with? Yeah, of course. So we've heard about AI, you know, how they can read images, like they can learn what's on an image and you can turn from image to text. Mm. For example, me, myself, I don't know about you, but I'm an avid Instagram desktop user. I like to go on Instagram on my desktop, on my Google Chrome. Okay. And sometimes it just lags. So as you're scrolling, no picture show up. It just shows up text, like Instagram's AI telling yeah, you what's yeah, on that, the images. That's happened to me as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. And that's nothing new. We've seen this. But um, so, but this is uh, a bit different. This is a video that um, Vox uploaded on YouTube. Vox is one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels. So this was on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And they basically go through how this all started. And basically, it was the beginning of 2021, how these deep learning AI models, they are now incredibly capable of creating completely original images from text prompts. You can put in any text you want and some of the pictures I sent you here, you would probably never guess what I put, what what kind of prompt I put. And this is not so good for podcasting, but we'll put some images in the show notes. So, for example, if you look here, I put uh, Yosemite in a bowl of ramen. That's the second <laughs> picture there. <laughs> I put uh, a journalist making juice. I put Alvar Alto dancing in the style of Salvador Dali. And mm-hmm. like you can see, you can kind of agree with me. They look pretty good, right? Like they look... Like proper art. This is art. I mean, let, let's start an <laughs> NFT collection from this. This is wonderful yeah. stuff. Uh, so anyway, I, I started experimenting with this on Wednesday and I was mm. quite stunned how much it had developed because I could imagine like some AI tools making colleges. If you say like monkeys in a field or uh, I don't know, a journalist uh, watching a concert, an AI a couple of years ago could probably just take pictures from the internet, put them together in a college. But this is like something completely different. Well, in this video, I re- recommend everyone to watch it. We'll put in the show notes. It explains everything far better than I will. But for example, when I post on our um, Instagram page, our scan name in my Instagram page, I can sometimes mm. add alt text for SEO and for the algorithm. Oh, yeah. So yeah. if it's a picture of you, I'll put your name. I'll put the name of your jacket brand. I'll put the name of your glasses that you're wearing. So it gets a bit more detailed. And this happens on all major news sites you know, all over the world. If it's a picture of a stockbroker on the stock floor... It would say stock floor uh, marketer is stressed about the mm. current situation on the Nasdaq or whatever, instead of just white guy in a suit. So <laughs> this, uh, these kind of machine learnings, these deep tech and deep AI, they take one like hundreds and hundreds of millions of these images with these alt texts. It can create extremely, extremely, extremely detailed pictures. For example, if you put like 1960s coffee, these images will learn that, hey, in the 1960s, these are kind of the colors that they would use, like these dark reds and light mm-hmm. blues. And people wore this and photographs are taken in this kind of light. And then you can make an image that just looks like it's from the 1960s. Do they, do they talk in the video any, or in your research? Have you, what are some of the applications? I can see it for art or pro, like art projects or uh, this is really abstract what you're showing me here, but are there any it practical uh, applications to this? The, the ones I've shown you now and the people that you guys can see down below in the, in the mm. show notes, these are from a free one. There's, I just used a free one on the internet. There, there are really, you know, Google probably has this on lock. <laughs> that costs a lot right. of money to use. But they talk about, hey, if you're like an, a creative person in some way, imagine having this like genius little computer buddy that if you want some pictures, you want to get some, some creative ideas, you just put some text in and it can, you can bounce ideas off this computer. 
extremely easy. And also like what happens to stock photographers or stock artists if you need something for your website or for your magazine like us. So what happens to these photographers? It's not all uh, it's not all uh, a happy video. It kind of goes into the dark sides of it as well. Well, that's that's like basically what you do when you're looking for images for a creative project and you go online mm. and you're searching for like mm. oh, I need a woman standing under a tree looking happy or whatever <laughs> you need like yeah, yeah. now we can just say that or type that and you get it instead of have to mm. you know search for it and there's also no copyright and that's also the problem because in this video they show how if you're like a famous um, illustrator and you have the, your very specific style you could actually put in, in all these uh, machine tech learning places, you can put in like editor drinking a coffee in the style of blah, 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 blah. And it looks very, very similar. So oh, artists yeah. get their stuff stolen or whatever. It's not really stolen. It's an image that doesn't exist, an image that doesn't really, no one owns it in a way, but you still steal the, you know, the artistic value of someone. Yeah, no, that's, that's super interesting. And, and, but I can see it from a sort of um, testing out ideas, trying things out really mm. fast and, uh, you know, in, in kind of AI circles, there's there's mm. you always use this uh, example of Jarvis from Iron Man, where you have this uh, <laughs> kind of AI, uh, but you have kind of a, like like you have a computer or phone today. In the future, you will have like an AI you can speak to. That's your own personal AI that will just mm. you know in, in the movies. I think he stands in his mm. workshop just generate the red one or blue. Let's add some hot rod in there. And that's a classic scene. <laughs> it's not actually him doing it or it's it's his computer just applying or, or you know, acting based on commands. So I, yeah. that's, that's one application that I see. But And I know, of course, I think people listening to this, it could be like, oh, these AI, they're probably, but you've seen these pictures. This is from a free one that I just used on Chrome now. They look right. pretty nice. Like if you, and I can imagine people could be like curators and they mm. can learn how to use these and like what can you put in what kind of prompt can you add to the machine and what mm. can't you do for it to actually work and also I... this video for example like i said it's about a 15 minute video um from vox and <laughs> vox is like for me like the pinnacle of tech journalism absolutely perfect anyways they obviously they always go into these um like moral or other issues that could be a bit more uh, sensitive for example yeah. these machine learning ais they get taught stuff that you probably wouldn't teach your children <laughs> because it's from the internet. Of course. <laughs> so, for example, if you put in, if you just type CEO, all the pictures that they get fed are white guys, white old mm. guys. Or if you put nurse, it could be only women. So mm. maybe you will teach your children or we get taught in school or whatever that uh, it can look different. It's not all black and white. You know, they are taught from the internet. They are taught from 100 millions of pictures that people have just yeah. added over the years. Well, that's the problem with with AI generally is that it it, mm. it learns from what is there. So, I mean, that's that's the sort of you know bias towards uh, certain skin colors and races and so forth. That's been hugely problematic with some of these, uh, um, uh, especially face recognition uh, recognizing technologies <clears throat> uh, exactly. in airports and security cameras and so forth and. There have been several instances of, of, of having to, uh, you know, deactivate some of these technologies because they um, they uh, pick out people with darker skin, for instance, uh, and, and uh, flag them as, as potentially criminal and so forth. Exactly. There is also a, a long article in, in New York Times. We can we can put that link as well of uh, new image search technologies, but you just you upload a face of someone. And it mm. scans the entire internet, excluding social uh, media, but in the entire internet of images of this this person. 
And it was a really <laughs> interesting article. They had used 10 reporters from the New York Times. Uh, some of them, they have uplo- uploaded images with people with wear- having a, a, a mask. Mm-hmm. face mask and it could still find like 11 year old wedding photos or <laughs> being in the background of a concert photo from you know <clears throat> a festival uh, 15 years ago and yeah. including so it was not it was super impressive how perfect it was but it was also not perfect because it could actually uh, pick out uh, pornographic video uh, uh, images and so forth that were mm. that was not uh, the, the persons that, that was uploaded. This uh, super scary technology, <laughs> super interesting, but super scary. Uh, obviously, you know, so. you might not. There, there, there is photos out there of you uh, um, uh, from from the past twenty years or so that you might not want people to see. Um, of and uh, you know, this relates to this. These types of technologies comes out that the AI, the technology in itself, does not make judgment calls. On, no, no. on how it's used. It, it, it just operates plainly from simple prompts. Yeah, and it's the people holding the strings, the, the developers, they are the ones, what intentions do they have? Like, mm. they, they could have really bad intentions. I don't know. And who owns these pictures? Who's like the rightful copyright owner? Let's say I make like an, like an illegal picture of some sort or, yeah. you know, Am I the owner or did the AI create it? Is that the owner? I think, yeah, but I mean, we have seen use cases. I mean, we had Jakob Fellander, the artist, on uh, the cover of, of, of a second issue. And he's been working mm-hmm. on, you know, generating 3D kind of metaverse spaces from uh, his two-dimensional artworks. And, uh, I, I, you know, the, the 3D versions of his art that's not him generating that he doesn't program that that that's mm. a, a, you know an engine just you know interpreting his art and, and like generating and, and i think he even talks in the interview or i can't remember if we, we put it in or or if it's just uh, off off mic but he talked about how he could potentially generate his own uh, kind of metaverse that's you know bigger than the known universe <laughs> that, that was the capability just from his artwork that he's been working on for the past few years. So, um, but it wow. goes, of course, goes to the copyright question. Is, is that his world or, or is it? <laughs> it's all very, you know, it's, on this podcast, usually that's why we need guests to have the experts here telling us how it works. But it's always good to <laughs> discuss and try to wrap our heads around stuff. But uh, of course, we'll, we'll share this on, we'll share my art that I've created this morning. Uh, on social media and you guys can see it it's pretty impressive well eric uh, don't quit your day job just yet (laughs) all right moving on there's a new fashion tech startup uh on the horizon here from sweden that i thought we'd highlight we have an interview with them uh, up online that our uh, colleague uh, yuan magnuson has wrote it's a company called bio restore and uh, I've, I've met them a couple of times at uh, various fashion events here in Stockholm. I also met them last night. I was at the um, uh, uh, Investor Impact Meetup that Norgen hosts every quarter. They were there pitching. So this is a company that it, it, it sounded kind of ridiculous the first time I heard about it. But then I saw it with my own eyes yesterday. <laughs> and, and we have explained uh, this in the article uh, but let's let's try to do it justice here. Uh, they call themselves a retergent, so uh, they have some of, some a science uh, kind of backed invention where they um, restore textiles basically to mm. uh, you know 
textiles that has been kind of washed out, uh, worn out, uh, with fading color. They're able to uh, use their product and have it look almost as new. Uh, I'm not sure that that explains it. Do you have a better <laughs> explanation of, of this, Eric? <laughs> yeah, just uh, just from reading the article and watching the pictures. <laughs> the pictures first when we uploaded this uh, article, I was like, oh, these pictures are probably you know like all good uh, good pictures, highly um, edited, and the contrast turned up a notch. But you said that you saw it with your own eyes how yeah. You know, you mixing cotton and mixing uh, different materials like wool, they will start to pick or whatever it's called. Like the looses, the loose and knot and knits and knots will come out, and uh, it just looks the color gets kind of. I only I thought like looking at these pictures, that was like oh that's probably like the sun or like washing it too much. The color gets a bit more light, it gets brighter. Mm, mm, but when mm. you zoom in, it is because of these the cotton is just it's it's trashed and it's used. So I think I don't know I don't know if they told you there, but do you just throw it in your um, in your washing machine with this uh, this uh, like detergent, or do you need some something special to like somewhere? No, I think you you, you use it as a, as a regular uh, uh, detergent like once, and it's mm. supposed to to uh, uh, re, you know revive the garment in in, in this way. And it's <clears throat> there. It's super early on. They have a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, I mean, I saw at the event last night that you know, they were highly sort of sought after by by different investors. They were just speaking to after the uh, event. There was like kind of like this this uh, this fire round of of uh, three minute pitches that that they they were part of. Uh, mm. It's founded by two guys uh, uh, located here in Sweden. A guy called Richard Toon and Vahayat Hussein. Anyone can can go in and research and, and have a look by themselves and, and make a judgment call on this. Uh, I think what's interesting, and this perhaps goes into this, many of the topics we talked about at the transformation conferences, how can we uh, reuse all that's already produced? I mean, a, a huge problem with the fashion industry is overproduction. It's the fact that we only use garments on average three times before either just hiding them far far in, into our closet, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, hopefully sending them to Goodwill or other resellers. But, you know, uh, it's such a huge part of the, the produced um, garments of the world that just ends up on landfills. Um, only, I, I think it's about 1% is being uh, recycled at this point. And that's, there's a lot of things happening there and, and new legislations coming out in the EU in the coming years that, that will mm. try to change that. But I think, I mean, the absolutely best thing we can do uh, from a sustainability perspective is just to try to use the, the, the clothes that we have already produced as much as possible. Um, yeah. So I think this, that you know, I think that's why this innovation is so uh, interesting, and why we we really you know enjoy highlighting it in the Scandinavian Mind platform. Yeah, and I just from from watching the pictures, I really want to give it a try. That's the thing with me. I have my I buy clothes quite far apart, like maybe like three years apart, and I have my clothes for a long time before I buy new ones. And they look, you know, on that third year, they can look quite <laughs> roughed <laughs> up. And you know, I buy new clothes when my when they literally like break or I get a stain that I can't right, throw away. That's right. when I buy new clothes. So this looks perfect for me because if you put some. If if you put a lot of money and effort into your clothes, you want them to look good for a long time. But it's also, I, I just actually, on a personal note, I just did a, a huge uh, sort of cleanse of my closet uh, and and uh, uh, I had bags of clothes from, from the past 10 years that I've had in my basement. 
um, <laughs> and I just did a huge, uh, you know, purge. <laughs> Try to uh, I, I, I have too much stuff basically, and it's been interesting to see what's happening on the market because there there are many different resellers now. And my wife did the same. So there are a few more options for women. I think there's a wonderful store in Stockholm called Arkivet, uh, which which are great at sort of curating the best uh, fashion. From They only take stuff from two that's two years old. They know exactly mm-hmm. what they want, super picky. They have a 90% sell-through of, of their clothes that they take in. 90%. Wow. That's crazy. That's no crazy. other yeah, physical, uh, no other fashion store has that, that high of a sell-through. It usually is like 50%. Um, mm. But what I found also was like, okay, so I have, uh, you know, kind of a variety of styles, uh, some tailoring, I have a, you know, a big chunk of Oscar Jacobson clothes that I could, tar- you know, hand into their sort of uh, secondhand store that they have in Vasastan in Stockholm. Uh, oh, cool. A bunch of stuff I could leave to a new company called Rerobe. I think we've mentioned them sometime yeah, I- yeah. in the platform. Um and other stuff I, I that was also more leaning towards the tailoring I went I sent to our friends uh, at Pete and Harris, uh, which is more towards sort of tailoring uh, suits and that sort of stuff. So uh, I had a little, you know, you know, obviously we need to go in this direction, and and I'm sure um, like resellers like that are going to be hugely interested in this buy restore technology. So if they can, you know, get clothes that they can refurbish and sell at a higher markup uh, it's going to be so interesting but but it also got me thinking that probably we're aiming towards a world where um, I mean there are reports like estimations that the resale market is going to be bigger than fast fashion if it goes in this direction Um, oh really Yes, uh, there. These are really optimistic numbers, but you know, think about it. if if we are producing somewhere in the vicinity of like a hundred billion garments a year, you know, it's not going to be, uh, um, you know, sustainable. It's not going to be defendable to to throw them away. So we need oh, this kind of a, a new circular loop, and what probably is going to happen is we're going to need as many you know variations of styles and you know, uh, style subcultures or, or, you know, various, uh, you know, fashion stores uh, uh, catering to different target groups. Uh, you know, as many as we have on the, the, the kind of virgin clothes, we're going to need on the, on the secondhand side as well. And, and you went to, didn't you go to like this, uh, like American workwear, American surplus place? I saw it on Instagram store. What yeah, place was yeah, I was that? getting there. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's a good example of some, some, a, a store that has, you know, Great curation called Broadway and Sons, legendary Broadway menswear Sons, yeah. like uh, military surplus. They're great at sourcing vintage Levi's 501s, um, you know, kind of Carhartt workwear, that type of stuff. Mm. Uh, Western and in, boots. In, and also in contrast to this stuff, like that, you kind of buy them with the paint splatters on it. That's part oh, of that. Oh, yeah, I bought a perfect <laughs> power. There's so much. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't make that stuff up. Maybe an AI <laughs> can do that in the years <laughs> to come, but, but to have like a perfectly stained pair of kind uh, of carpenter pants. Has to be organic. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I like. But they, they know exactly what they want. You can't go in there and buy like a Swedish uh, fashion brand. They wouldn't take that stuff. They have a very hmm. specific taste. And which, you know, that's how fashion works. Uh, You know, you need fashion to be curated. You need it to cater to a certain audience. And and we're going to see more and more, uh, um, uh, you know, resellers, uh, secondhand shop, vintage shops popping up. Uh, And uh, it's interesting to see that it happens because that's a very old type phenomenon that we need. 
uh, to to help create yeah. a more sustainable fashion industry. But we also could have you know enjoy support from innovations like BioRecore. All right, I thought we'd just uh, end this podcast with a few words uh, on the Transformation Conference uh, second edition. Uh, the first part uh, of this uh, collaboration that we have with the Helsinki. Uh, uh, innovation industry, Helsinki Partners. The, the the town of Helsinki is one of the, the sponsors of this. Um, we did the first edition now in Helsinki on Tuesday. We're going to have the second edition in Stockholm on August 25. So make a note in your calendars. Invites, invites will go out. Um, but really, I was so happy about this one. Uh, super happy. 60 guests, very limited. Uh, 20 international journalists uh, uh, present. From everywhere, from the Forbes magazine in the U.S., uh, Wallpaper, uh, Financial Times, uh, ID magazine, uh, several of the of the fashion ones. So, so just to give a little bit of a context, we did this conference um, in part to support the sort of fashion tech, uh, uh, you know, innovations that are growing out of, of Finland and Sweden, and it was part of uh, something called Fashion in Helsinki, which is basically. It's kind of like the, the the Finland's Fashion Week. They do it once a year in conjunction with the Alto University graduation show, which is a big, mm-hmm. um, uh, important event for recruiting talent for for some of the big uh, f- fashion uh, houses in in Europe. So that's why it gets this sort of international, uh, uh, you know, uh, flair to it. Uh, but we had. Um, representatives from some of these innovation companies that we're writing about currently. Um, Spinova was there, Infinite Fiber Company, Metza Spring. They were all talking about um, how to produce new fibers that, that turns into um, a new types of textiles. And we'll, we will be reposting these conversations in the podcast in the weeks to come. Also had a great uh, kind of fireside chat with um, talented writer and author called uh, Alec Leach. He has written a book called "The World Is on Fire, But We're Still <laughs> Buying Shoes." <laughs> Quite enjoyed that. Alec is a truth sayer, uh, to say the least. It's a bit awkward. We had a lot of representatives from the fashion industry, and he's very, very critical of of the way we are uh, consuming fashion right now. So I, I, I quite enjoy that. Um, so um, I'm sad to say, Eric, I felt I felt like you you missed out on this one. I, I would have loved to have had you there, but um, for sure be be there for for um, the Stockholm edition. Uh, even though I wasn't there, 60 highly curated <laughs> minds and experts were there. Uh, what did they think? Did you hear? like some inputs from them, some reactions? Well, I think to begin with, I mean, we're obviously toting our own horn here or whatever the expression is. But, you know, it was was so positive afterwards. And I think in part, people are super happy about getting together again and and having these conversations in person. I think that really makes a difference. Um, I think what's interesting, you know, the reflection, I think we kind of mentioned this uh, prior to the conference as well, is we're in a situation now where um, we, you know, in, in, in facing the challenges uh, of the fashion industry, we have to start talking about some of these sort of granular uh, technologies. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was unheard of that we two years ago would talk about fiber producing companies. Uh, you know, some of these companies like Infinite Fiber are doing collaborations with Tommy Hilfiger, Spinova is doing with Adidas and so forth. High profile brands are now turning to these uh, really tech companies 
that <laughs> yeah. that creates something called you know the 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 circulose fibers that becomes the 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 um, the, gar- the the textiles that we make into garments and that that's that's a new thing and that's something that we really highlighted in this conference um but it's also like i think for you know we are really far ahead when it comes to sustainability in the nordics and the fact that we this is kind of you know top of our minds and and top of the agenda on, on a lot of these events here i think we, we're kind of unique in that i mean it's obviously a conversation that happens everywhere but the fact that we, we talk about it so much in the Nordics, we have the global fashion agenda coming up in, in, in Copenhagen soon as well. I think that really resonated with some of the um, participating guests. And I actually thought we could end this podcast with just to hear a few reactions from um, the uh, participating journalists. I, I took the chance to just briefly talk to a few of them afterwards. And uh, um, so... Just here, a couple of reactions. We have first, we have Dal Chodra, a fashion writer for uh, Wallpaper. Uh, let's listen to what he says. Just wanted to have a quick reaction to the conference that you've just heard this morning. Yeah. Uh, some of the topics. Uh, do you have some takeaways? My takeaways, I think it's really healthy to do the, have these sorts of moments because I think a lot of us in various ways are having these conversations. And quite often these points feel like closing of chapters rather Mm. than opening of new ones for me Mm. in the sense that it confirms a lot of our suspicions our fears our anxieties and our hopes um, and gives us a bit of a framework for kind of maybe also to celebrate the work that has been done but obviously that reminds us of how much more we have to do wonderful how much do you cover sustainability innovation that sort of thing in your work today it's impossible to ignore i think what's interesting and again the feedback from what we've heard a lot of people talking about today is the avalanche of information that we're sent regularly from brands um, professing to align themselves with more sustainable um, outputs. I think questioning that is something that we need to do maybe a bit more. I think as journalists, perhaps we're just happy to be fed stories, um, but sometimes we're not as critical of those um, stories that we're sent. I think I'm going to do that a bit more going forward. But I think, you know, also I work at Central St. Martins. I work on the fashion communication program. So the idea of sustainability, ethics, diversity, all of these things are impossible to ignore. So they find their ways uh, into all sorts of conversations. And I'm always curious to hear people from outside the Nordics, uh, Mm -hmm. their perspective of of the Nordics sort of landscape. Uh, There's a lot of talk about uh, kind of Nordic values and sort of a shared uh, maybe aesthetics. How do you see it from kind of more like an outside perspective? Um, I think it's it's interesting. It's slightly tricky sometimes because I think a lot of the conversation that happens within the Nordics or from that point of view Mm. doesn't easily translate to other parts of the world, particularly in the UK or let's say um, the States. So I think there's there's a sort of there are different challenges, I think, that exist in uh, the UK, for example, when we talk about ethics or when we talk about sustainability, all of these things. So I think it's interesting to look at what is we can understand as best practice. Mm. But like with anything, it's really important to think of the context. And I think the political social context of this Nordic approach is incredibly different to what we have um, in the UK. And so it's kind of working out which bits are applicable um, and how they, they can be, I guess, spread uh, in a way that is useful to everybody. Yeah. 
Do you have an example of something that is applicable uh, that you find inspiration from here? Uh, definitely. I mean, I think the, the focus on people mm. and humanity, you know, that again, it sounds like a very grand kind of Oscar speech sort of thing to say, but it's really healthy to be reminded of that all of the time. And I think in a lot of the time I spend with students is often just ask them, reminding them that we are just people. So just be, just be nice. Just lastly, is there something uh, from uh, your experience here in Helsinki in terms of brands, designers, stores, shops, something concrete that you've seen that you're going to take away with you? I think I came in November as well. So I think learning more about just the attitude to material objects that is probably quite Nordic, but feel, felt very Finnish at the time when I was here and still is. Um, I think that's what's really fascinating to me. The value that is placed on something isn't necessarily just fiscal. Um, it's much more emotional. Um, and I think that's something, again, that's a value that can be and should be shared uh, far and wide. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. All right, that was Dal Shodra, uh, fashion writer for The Wallpaper. I also had a chance to speak to uh, Jasmine Jones-Henry, uh, really thoughtful uh, writer for the Financial Times covering both fashion and the investor uh, side of things. So so she was a great fit uh, for, for the audience. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to her. Let's hear what she has to say. I just wanted to grab you here real quick after the conference and get your first impressions. What were your sort of, sort of key takeaways from listening to the panels today? Well, I, I track investment trends across fashion and sustainability, and it was really fascinating to actually be able to understand and almost quantify what the Nordic value is and their contribution to the wider design landscape. I also found it really interesting that the investors themselves are starting to completely pivot their portfolio to support you know, up-and-coming Finnish startups. That was super, super interesting to hear. Wonderful. And I'm always curious, from inside the Nordics, we always talk about kind of our shared values and our shared platform. Uh, from the outside, do you look at the Nordics as kind of a cohesive space with, with a, uh, shared values or is it more diverse than that? I think it's a bit of both actually. I think um, in the same way we speak of European and that's a catch-all, we know what that means. I think with Nordic, in contrast let's say to the US, Nordic people know that it's, it's very much more in tune with nature. They know that it's much slower in the sense of it's not naturally fast consumption is mm. more quality driven those are you know the, the kind of blanket terms but within that you know i've learned helsinki is a completely different vibe to copenhagen completely different vibe to stockholm and that's really important too that each of these cities have their own distinctive you know unique selling point if that's the right term so as a journalist when you come to a city like helsinki what are you looking for what's the what's on your sort of antenna um Okay, well the first thing is accessible culture. Uh, is this something where anyone from anywhere can walk in and really get to grips with? The answer is yes. I think the other thing that I'd be looking for is, you know, with the climate crisis, I always look at challenges being an opportunity. I'd love to see what are the solutions that they're providing that's different to what's being done with designers in London or in Paris. And that's absolutely the first thing or second thing that I'd be looking to see. Yeah. Wonderful. And in terms of uh, visiting the, the fashion in Helsinki now, visiting some of the brands, designers, shops, is there anything concrete you take with you in terms of a piece of clothing or a designer that you really enjoy? This? Um, I, I can't remember the name. I think it's Nomen. Uh, we went to visit there. Nomen Eskew. Thank you. That's literally a takeaway. I bought this off the rack yesterday. So, yes. And uh, hope to see you here soon. Oh, you will. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, those were some reactions from 
transformation conference uh obviously for us it's kind of mind super important event we've been working on it for for a long time and uh, uh again uh, it's not over yet august 25 in stockholm uh, invites will be going out but but mark your calendars we're gonna have it's gonna be a, a little bit bigger audience so we have a chance to take in i think about 150 people so if you are listening and and mm-hmm. um want to come there there will definitely be room for you all right, Eric. I think that was the show. Uh, what do you look forward to in the week to come? For the people that follow me on Instagram, I recommend hi- great content. I was on a, at a concert last night. I saw The Hives. So oh, yeah. I have this, um, I bought this like season ticket at Granalun, which is like an amusement park in Stockholm. So they have yeah. like 50 concerts all over the summer. So, and it's really starting to pick up the pace now. So I'm going to see Toto. I'm going to see Tom Jones, Dua Lipa, Sarah Lashon. Twice a week, three three concerts a week. I so. love that you say Toto and Tom Jones before Dua Lipa. I don't know. How, <laughs> are you like 65 years old? <laughs> I just wanted you to know the names. That's why. Oh, whoa. <laughs> right back. Well, uh, I hopefully I'm going to try to catch Florence and the Machine at uh, the Rosendahl Festival in Stockholm next week. So it's definitely concert season. I like that. It's a great tip. Anyways, yeah. uh, catch our Helsinki guide. It's online now. It's scannevermind.com. Uh, as usual, you know, if you don't, follow us on Instagram and our newsletter. Visit scannevermind.com slash newsletter. Uh, this has been great. Until next time. Bye. See you.